Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Obviously, like in Korea, you speak Korean and in Australia, you speak Australian. So moving to a country... in Australia, you speak English. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my only excuse is that it's pretty late here and I've had a long day. (laughs) All right, start it again. In Australia, you speak (laughs) Australian. Hi, my name is Daph. And I'm June. And you're listening to our podcast, List Me Tender, where we delve into bucket lists of things to do before you turn 30. Can you believe that we are on episode 10? Yeah, I think it's quite crazy that we're on episode 10, but I think we've come a really far way and I'm really happy of where things are. Yes, pretty much as soon as this goes live, we've reached our KPI. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) So this week's topic is live overseas, and I'm quickly going to read the blurb. Living in a different country makes life a lot more colorful and interesting. You step out of your bubble and see how people live in cultures that may be the polar opposite of your own which at times is not easy, but you'll no doubt create some wonderful memories. Besides, facing the challenges associated with living abroad will help you appreciate the way things operate in your own country. So true. Daph. Yes. What do you think about this episode? So I think between June and I, we've covered this topic quite well. So I think, yeah, so no guests, just the both of us chatting today. Yeah. And for me... Um, just to give you guys a quick background, I have moved three times um, since I was 18. I first moved to Sydney for university back in 2006. I was 18 mm-hmm. back then. And then I moved again um, 10 years later when I was 28. I moved to London for two years. And then two years after that, I moved to Vancouver, which is where I currently am right now. Amazing. 
It's like you're collecting all the Commonwealth countries. I totally am collecting all the Commonwealth countries. I and yeah, just for background as well. Like yeah, I also I'm from Malaysia, so <laughs> conquering all the Commonwealth countries. How about you, June? As you know, I'm from Sydney, and I did have a stint of living in the U.S. when I went on exchange there for half a year in 2009, and now um, since. 2016, I've been living in Toronto, Canada. So that's been four years as well. Yeah. So I think between the both of us, we have a lot of experience living overseas. Although I do have to say, just a caveat,、um, every countries I've moved to, everyone speaks English, so it hasn't been that challenging. Yeah. June and I had this dream when we were 21. Yes, traveling with Mel. <laughs> Shattered dreams. We、um, went to Japan when we were 21, and we had this idea when June and I were, were thinking of moving to Japan when we were 25 to teach English and have a cute apartment and buy all this like cute stuff. Okay.、But、yes. Unfortunately, that did not pan out. That definitely did not happen. And might I add, I think that whole idea and scheme was purely wrapped around this one kettle that we saw, and it was. At one of these really cute Japanese stores, and it was a giraffe kettle where the spout of the kettle was a giraffe neck, and it was so adorable, and that instantaneously made us want to be there. I concur. This is the exact same memory that I have. We both <laughs> saw the kettle, and we were like, "We're moving to Japan, so we can buy and own this kettle." <laughs> And use it every day. Yes, but okay. So I will say, recently I sent Daph this like sitting kitten sponge, and I feel like I was bringing Japan to you. Okay, that's not the same as the giraffe kettle. <laughs> that kettle was pretty amazing. It was very amazing. Ah. <sighs> So, yes. So yes. yeah, I do agree that caveat is a large one. You know, even the fact that not only are these English-speaking、um, countries, but they're very like. Well developed, very modern, very big、um, cities too. I think that really colors our experience. So yeah, and that makes a difference、yeah. as well in making it making the move easier. You know, you, we we can find jobs.、Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to take a separate language course or get extra acc- accreditation. You know, so caveating all that things as well. What do you think motivates someone to move overseas, or what motivated you? My move to Sydney wasn't really a choice in my head. What do you mean? So, growing up in Malaysia, there was always an expectation that I was going to go overseas to study, like for my university,、mm-hmm. and that's kind of always been there. I don't even know when, like since the start, but you knew that after high school, the chances of you moving overseas was like a hundred percent. It just really depended on where you were going to move. Right. So, in that sense, I my first move was purely motivated by I. Expectation and for study. So, did you know that that was going to be Australia the whole time, or was that also、uh, up in the air? It was up in the air. So it was always between. It would be between Australia, America, or the UK. So those were the、right. top three picks of where Malaysian students, I guess, if you can afford it, would move to. Right. Yeah. And why did you end up picking Australia? Well, Sydney、um, specifically. So I ended up picking Australia because America was a bit too far from Malaysia,、mm-hmm. and the exchange、mm-hmm. rate for from、mm-hmm. ringgit to pounds was crazy high.、Right. Um, and I also decided to move to Sydney specifically because. 
Um, I have family in Sydney, so my auntie、right. is in Sydney. I have cousins in Sydney, so in a way, I wasn't completely alone.、Mm. The other option was moving to Melbourne, but、oh, I knew a lot of people from high school that would move to Melbourne, and I knew that if I moved to Melbourne, I would get stuck in hanging out with my Malaysian friends. And、mm. in my head, when I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go overseas," I would like to make the most out of it. So moving to、mm. somewhere where I didn't have an existing group of friends to really Like push me out of my comfort zone,、mm. and it was really great because that's how I met you, June. Yeah, I'm really glad you moved to Sydney. Yeah,、you、made the right choice. Yeah, I made the right choice, and I guess in my head, my plan worked that way. I was going to be overseas for three years. I wanted to make the most out of it and not just do the same. Uh, do some do different things, but with the same group of people. Yeah. And initially, were you planning on moving right back after you finished your studies? The expectation is for you to move back home, or unless you you could get a job. But we graduated during the GFC,、right. so that was really tough. Yeah. Long story short, my parents are super supportive, and and I was really lucky as well because my cousin managed to kind of get me a, my first job out of uni. Because、yeah. otherwise, I wouldn't be able to stay in Sydney.、Um, and then, why London and why Vancouver? It really does seem like a funny trajectory. <laughs> You're hitting up all the corners. Yeah. The well,、Earth. okay. So London was very much because I really wanted to just do London life. A lot of people that we know in Sydney have done London life,、yes. and it's this weird rite of passage. And the reason why I moved to London was I was on the cusp of、um, that under thirty visa. I was twenty eight when I went,、mm. and also I. Got my Australian citizenship, so、mm-hmm. I knew that Australia could not kick me out anymore. So, right, yeah, you're one of us now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So I got my <laughs> visa to go to London two months after I got my Australian passport, and I、Amazing. left within three months. So, <laughs> thanks, Australia. <laughs> See you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so that was London, and、uh-huh. um, my move to Vancouver, I would say, was. Mostly motivated because of my relationship with Alex, who is my boyfriend.、Uh, we met、mm-hmm. in London, and you know we had to decide quite early on what was going to happen: whether I would stay in London, or would I move back to Australia, or should we go somewhere else? And initially. I wanted to move back to Sydney,、mm. but I was already in transition. Like so, I was like, okay, let's give it a go. You know, we applied for our visas, we both got it, and yeah, we're in Vancouver now.、Mm-hmm. Do you think you got better at moving overseas? Okay, two parts to this. Have I gotten better logistically? Process, you know, the <laughs> the brain part of moving. A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. The emotional part of moving. That is up and down.、Oh. It really, really changes depending on where you are, where you land, the people, the culture, which we'll talk about a, a bit more later.、Mm. But I think from a process right brain perspective, yes, I've definitely gotten better. But from a left brain perspective. I'm not gonna say you get better or worse. It's just different every single time,、mm, depending on the stage of life you're in, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Depending、yeah. stage of life, where you are, the people you meet, the experiences you have, like these all play a big factor. Yeah,、um, into your experience with moving. So yeah, yeah they definitely color your experience.、Mm-hmm. June, how about yourself? Yeah, so the U.S. when I went there on exchange, that was really to meet this professor.、Um, And yeah, I really love my time there. I couldn't really see myself living in the U.S. ever though, because they have pretty screwed up, like gun violence problems, and 
income disparity is pretty big and just in terms of like social services like healthcare and education it's like very difficult i was going to say the healthcare thing is pretty scary yeah very very mm-hmm. scary the fact that people put off you know going to the doctor because they can't pay for it that's just an unimaginable thing yeah you know yeah. as an australian yeah can i ask which part of america were you in yeah so i was in philadelphia and that's a city like a four hour ish drive um from new york so okay. it's uh yeah it was a university town just outside of the city and so it was kind of a little hub in its own so i can't say i know what it's really like to live in philly um but yeah it was a really fun experience living on campus and doing the whole college life. Um, what was the biggest difference between American co- college life and Australian college life-ish? Oh my goodness. I don't know, so much. I, I really think the experience is so different because it was just such a fun novel experience. Like you're living on campus, everyone also is living on campus with you and school spirit is such a big thing there. There's like so much on all the time and yeah, you just, it's, it kind of is exactly like the movies. Um, oh, and really? Of it. Yes. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> For an example, I had someone that I met who had a habit of carrying around like a whole sriracha bottle in their backpack because every day, without a doubt, there was opportunities for free pizza. And <laughs> to be prepared for that free pizza because of course so yeah okay so move go to study in america for college because they give you free pizza (laughs) amongst other things amongst other things um yeah and then in terms of canada i actually had this plan for canada since i was i don't know like 22 23 i was very adamant and it was specifically Canada because um, at the time I was working in social policy and in terms of the English speaking world Canada is the Scandinavia for social policy so in terms of healthcare like you know liberal views like there are so many things that Canada has done really well and really early compared to the rest of the world Mm -hmm. um, English speaking world and so it was kind of seen as like this haven of like amazing open-mindedness and I had in mind that I wanted to move there but then when we got married I think it took uh, me about a year to convince James that this was something that we could do together he's very much a person that's like happy doing his thing and like didn't really have a plan to live overseas yeah um whereas for me I would say this is one of the things that was on my to-do list before I turned 30 like if I didn't do it I knew I was not going to be pleased Mm -hmm. um and then in terms of picking Toronto we really just thought that the east side of Canada because it has much more history and it's closer to French Canada and closer to New York as well we'd have some experiences that were slightly different to your typical English-speaking country. So do you think you have gotten better at moving? Well, I think I'm a little bit different to you in that I I haven't moved like multiple times back to back. Mm. So yeah, no, not really. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that is a pretty good segue into talking about what kind of tips we might have? How do you think someone could have a successful move? Yeah, so I have a few that 
I would love to share with people. So my first one would be do your homework. I think this is a lot easier said than done. I am guilty of not doing this, but doing your homework in terms of you know surveying the job market, surveying lifestyle,、mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like lining things up before you move over and knowing what you're getting yourself into. One thing that、mm-hmm. I would do if I were to move again somewhere new is before I even make the move, like book myself into random events. When I moved to Vancouver, there was a period where I just didn't really want to do anything, and I think that's not a good way to start. Your experience living in somewhere new. For me, I'm quite, I guess, a social person. I love doing stuff,、mm. um, you know. So that is a good kind of first step in like motivating yourself to explore the city more.、Mm-hmm. Another thing that I would highly, highly recommend is making a list of people that are in that city that you might potentially be moving to and actually reaching out to them.、Mm. I did this when I moved to London. I was not necessarily super close or super good friends with them,、right. but. I reached out to them anyway, and I actually became really good friends with them when I moved them. Like we haven't spoken for like seven years,、mm. and we reconnected and got on super well. And、mm-hmm. having a local person be your friend in a new city really, really opens up not just like from a city perspective, cultural things, slang, all these things, you know. And I felt、mm-hmm. like that was a really good thing that I did. For sure. Another tip that I would share is picking your areas to live in. I feel. That is something that is quite important. So,、mm. you know, you could live in a few different Airbnbs for the first month. Say that you move there just to get a little bit of taste of what the area is、yeah. like, what it has to offer, what the public transport systems like, what is there to do around the area, and that might give you、yeah. a good idea. You know, of um where you want to live.、Mm. Yeah, and if you like the vibe of the place. Yeah, I like、mm. the vibe. You know, it's to- all really, really important. And my last tip is to travel light. <laughs> When I first moved to Sydney, I had my dad ship over boxes of things for me, including my soft toys. <laughs> <laughs> Time when I moved to Vancouver, I came here with one twenty-five kilo luggage. That's it. Wow, that's amazing. Yep. And what I'm gonna say is, you really don't need everything. Bring your bare minimum essential because you are going to build a life here. Things accumulate quickly. Yes. So travel so, light is my tip. So so true. Such so, words of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell you've done it a few times. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to fifty percent off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So my ones,、uh, don't be entitled. <laughs> so when I. Came to Canada. It was kind of like an existential journey for James and I, because 
symbolically, our parents had also moved to Australia when they were around our age. And so I think in our minds, we were like kind of always thinking about what it would have been like for them, you know, as a young married couple moving to this brand new city, you're starting completely from scratch, you know, you don't really know anyone, you don't know anything. And obviously, like in Korea, you speak Korean and in Australia, you speak English and English is not my parents' first language. So I think in my mind... James and I, we had an upper hand. We were moving to this country. We were a young professional couple. We speak English. Like, what could stop us? We were going to spend, like, a month enjoying the winter. And it was going to be so easy. We'd get jobs really quickly. But the very first weekend that we moved to Canada, I think, uh, in Australia, because it was summertime, we moved in February, it had been plus 30 degrees Celsius. So super, super hot summer. And come to Canada, we actually came on a weekend that it started snowstorming to the point where it was like minus 30 degrees Celsius. And that's a 60 degree temperature change. (laughs) And the fact that like wind chill, which is something that I'd never experienced before, but it means like the wind is like blowing so freaking hard at your face that it's adding 10 degrees to the temperature and it makes it that much colder. So that weekend, I remember clutching my, like, weak-ass Australian winter clothing and being like, what the hell have we done? Like, that very weekend, this was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think just, like, having a dose of humility, not assuming that you're going to, like, find a job straight away or, like, make friends straight away Mm -hmm. or, like, adapt really easily just because you might have some things working in your favor. I think that's kind of a lesson to myself, Mm -hmm. like having level expectations of what that first period of adjustment will be like. Yeah, there is will always be a period of adjustment and it's going to be fairly, I don't think it's pleasant. And I think just being mentally prepared for that as well. Totally. So my next one is try new things. I have definitely tried things that I never ever would have gotten the chance to. Things like ice skating on the Rideau Canal. A lot of it has to do with winter sports because winter is very long and cruel. It's six months. So you have to kind of find things to do in winter. Yeah, I would say like try things even if it is outside of your comfort zone and something that you wouldn't really imagine yourself doing before just give it a go do even yeah and can i say june and i have both said this like in australia we both never surf and i don't know why we never ever thought about Mm. surfing but now Mm. i'm like i can do anything and i think both june and i when we do eventually move back to australia we both want to pick up surfing yeah we're gonna do that for us i'm going to do it yeah (laughs) or teach us or teach us mostly (laughs) Um, yeah and then my very last one is don't compare too much so i do find myself doing this mentally quite a fair bit especially at the beginning because you're adjusting and you're figuring things out and i go through comparing like all the really great things about canada and feeling like this is the best place in the world and like sydney sucks compared to that to like fully you know swinging the other way and feeling so much is like wrong here and so I think yeah just being level-headed and taking each experience and culture as its own unique thing and Mm. not feeling the need to evaluate how good or bad it is compared to what you're actually Mm. used to back home. Mm. I like how all of your learnings are so 
like mine's so practical. <laughs> like these are things yeah. you should <laughs> make this list. <laughs> this is the list. That's good. Yeah, we and yours is like because I agree with every single thing you said as well. We've covered tips. We've covered learnings. What do you think are some cultural differences? Now that I've just said, don't think about the differences. What are some of those <laughs> that you've noticed? We can talk about this nonstop. There's so yes, many, such a big, topic. such a big topic during exchange. Uh, the University of Sydney kind of makes you do this like week of training to mentally prepare you for what it's going to be like to live in a different culture. One of the things that they talked about was this cultural iceberg. So what you see of the iceberg is just a tiny part and then there's all of this iceberg, like the majority of it under the surface. So mm -hmm. some of the things that are very visible and at the top of the iceberg in terms of culture are things like food, music, games, fashion, language, literature, dances, holidays, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But under the surface, below where the majority of things lie, there are things like communication styles and rules. You know, there's also approaches to things like religion, marriage, decision-making, yep. problem-solving, or even concepts of what family is and time is, and, or fairness and justice. So yeah, it's like kind of interesting how like culture is not just like the things that you immediately experience on something like mm -hmm. uh, even a one or two day trip. And it takes time to experience experience this deep culture. Yes, because even now, four years into Canadian culture, I, I constantly feel like I'm learning new things about like the attitudes and approaches to different um, parts of society. So yeah, super interesting to think of culture that way. Do you have any um, stories to share? in terms of observing cultural differences? Yeah, so I guess some of the quick ones are more on the surface level. So I find that little Australian language things are really not well understood in the US and Canada. So a really prime example is the word rubber. So if I say, can I have a rubber? They mean they think condom. In, they think condom. Yeah. And I remember being in class and asking someone and the whole class just like erupted in laughter because they thought it was the most hilarious thing and I was just so confused. So there's that. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, you know how Australians say, how did you find it? You're yeah. Like, oh, how did you, you find it? the concert. How did you find it? Yeah. I have had so many people say, oh yeah, I got here through like Google Maps or I found it on this community board. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that is not the question I'm asking you. I'm asking you, what did you think? <laughs> when I was in London, I made a list. <laughs> oh my God. Of funny things. <laughs> titled Weird London Things and I will read it out now. <laughs> Why does the green man not beep? This is at a pedestrian <laughs> crossing. It doesn't beep when it turns green. Wait, so he's just static? Yeah, well, he changes from green to red but there's no noise. Oh, interesting. So if you're not paying attention, you'll just be standing there not crossing. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which is more, then my concern is more how do blind people cross? Mm. And then my, my answer is if you're blind and old, do not live in London because Whoa. it is definitely not an accessible city. Wow, that's super sad. Also, is a green man green? I think in so. London? I don't know. I wrote here, why does the green man not beat? I must have okay, been frustrated he enough. he does not have a color in Canada. Have you noticed that? He's just white. Oh, maybe it is green. No idea. There you go. Um, Why are there so many 
food chain shops, for example, Pret and Kitsu. <laughs> I think that was definitely high on my list. Everywhere you went, there was like, Pret, eat, Kitsu. Oh, interesting. Why is there no Wi-Fi everywhere? Even <laughs> one level down. So it's either the walls or the structures <laughs> built in London are really strong and you can't get Wi-Fi connection. What? Um, but there's really no Wi-Fi everywhere. Like if you're in Topshop and you go down one level, you don't get Wi-Fi. Oh, wow. Like you can't connect. So that's really annoying. So in KFC, <laughs> <laughs> they don't serve mash and gravy, but they do serve baked beans. Ew. Oh my gosh, the mash and gravy is like one of the best things. Yeah, but they don't serve it and they only, and this, this information I actually got from Daniel, um, one of my really good friends who is still living in London. Yeah. I love how he has KFC intel. Yes. Um, so, okay, so that's my list. I also have a list for Canada. What's your list? Weird things about Canada in brackets to me. Pop equals soft drink, question mark. I had someone tell me that very early on. <laughs> uh, banks charge you per transaction, so that was really strange. Like, the tiers of banking that you can get, it's mm-hmm. like, do you want to make 25 transactions? Mm-hmm. That's this much. I, I think um, um, banking's a bit crazy. Backwards here. That's why they still charge So backwards, oh my goodness. So. I think because Australia's close to Asia, we just have very progressed bank yeah, commerce I was- situation. <laughs> Once again, things you take for granted or not think about. Yeah, totally, totally. There are also pharmacies, like full-fledged pharmacies inside supermarkets. I feel like in general, North America has a lot of like things, but inside other things. So another example of those is like McDonald's, but inside the Walmart. Like you'll have a full McDonald's restaurant inside. Mm. You'll also have escalators for trolleys at walmart i don't know if you've ever been to a walmart but you can like go up the escalator yourself but next to the human escalator there's a separate trolley escalator which you can like push your trolley into and then it will like also slowly make its way up and then you get on your human escalator and then you meet each other at the top. Can humans get onto the trolley escalator or is it only no, for trolleys? It's only for trolleys. <laughs> child you could probably sit in the trolley while it goes up the escalator but it's like it doesn't look like a regular escalator i need to google this now i'm gonna google image this (laughs) please do okay so walmart in general i feel like that's just an experience and there's really nothing like that in australia great (laughs) i love that we both have a list now i need to start my canadian list yes make a new list make a new list yeah so, how do you feel about all of this? I don't know, June. You had thoughts about living overseas and your take on it. Tell me. I'll start with a story. If you've ever seen this Netflix series called Abstract, the very first episode of the very first season covers this illustrator, and he's actually an American, but um, during this p- season of his life, he was just kind of burning the candle at both ends and realized that he wasn't being like his true creative self. And so he moved to Berlin just by himself. And something he said really stuck with me. He said, Berlin was a great place for him to be creative, but not only that, he had the opportunity to really make this city his own because he knew absolutely no one. He had no one to like rely on or depend on or anyone to kind of tell him who he was or what he could 
and couldn't do. (laughs) And that idea really stuck with me. And I kind of feel like if you have the privilege and opportunity to do something like this, to kind of really test your limits in terms of emotionally, like physically, Mm -hmm. mentally, give yourself that chance to discover new parts of you through being really uncomfortable and putting yourself in a totally different environment where you can't rely on the like normal things that you would like your family or your friends. Mm -hmm. So this is so interesting because before you said that whole blurb, my answer was going to be pretty nonchalant about living overseas. I was going to say something Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you have the chance, live overseas. But if you haven't, don't worry about it. It might not be for everyone. But Mm -hmm. after hearing you say that, I definitely um, can relate because I think part of the reason why I love Sydney so much is because I got to be my own person. Mm. You know, I wasn't with my parents. I had to start from scratch. I got to be and decide who and what I wanted to be. And along the way, I was super Mm. lucky because I met all these great people um, to help me become who I am today. Mm. And I don't think I would be able to do that if I did not leave Malaysia. I'm glad you shared that because... Because, yeah, I and it, I was like, oh, whatever, living overseas, sometimes a bit overrated. But, yeah, you're totally right. I think if you go in with the right um, frame of mind, also, like, I think mm-hmm. having maybe, like, clear goals in a way where if you want to move somewhere, mm-hmm. I think that is also really helpful to help yeah. Yeah, give you the best experience possible, I would say. Yeah. Give it a go. Okay, so I think, yeah, move overseas if you can. Live overseas, even it. if it's six yeah. months to a year. I think even six months... I will say that six months in the U.S. definitely did change me. Yeah, give it a go. All right, so this is a thumbs up from the both of us. Yes, A++. So, Daph, what are we going to be talking about next episode? For our next episode, we will be inviting a very special guest onto the show. His name is Daniel, and the topic that we will be discussing is called Know Your Style. And if you know anything about Daniel, that dude definitely has lots of style. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know if you have any comments, if you have any tips on moving, or if you have any experiences that you just would love to share. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.